Hey guys, Kenny Duncan Jr. back with the Coin Shop Podcast, uh, volume number nine. Uh, today we have a great episode for you. We've got Miles Standish in the house one more time to talk about uh, his journey uh, to Austin, Texas, and how he um, basically the last 20 years of his grading experience and, and, and how he went and was vice president of two of the largest grading companies. And he'll give us a little bit of a story and some backstory of how he got there. Um, Matt's going to share with us some of the buys of the week. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about some security. We'll talk a little bit about scams. And uh, we'll go over some counterfeits that I incurred this week on the counter. So stay tuned. Uh, the Coin Shop Podcast coming to you soon. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you from the U.S. Coins and Jewelry Studios in Houston, Texas, the Duncan Brothers, Kenny and Matthew, proudly present the most valuable audio you'll ever hear. It's time for the Coin Shop Podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Coin Shop Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kenny Duncan Jr., along with my brother, Matthew Duncan Jr., not Jr., Matthew Duncan. Just Matthew Duncan. On his own. One and, and only. <laughs> well, no, the one and only is right here. Oh, come on. Is yep. our main man, Miles Standish, came up, coming back um, and hey, just it's hanging only, out. It's only a two-hour and 44-minute drive. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here on the the, the, coin, the coin Shop podcast. Hanging out. Exactly. Um, we've normally kind of like tried to get you to slip up and tell us some cool grading secrets, but um, we're still going to try to do that. But we also <laughs> just, you know, let's let's kind of, you know, talk a little bit about, let's talk about a little bit what we've been doing for the last couple of weeks. We've been not as dedicated to the podcast as we should be. Yeah. Um, we've had life um, going on and yeah. it's been just a crazy hectic. If, if you're in, in the business and you're, if you're in the, in the, in the gold and silver business and the, in the coin, in the rare coin business, then I'm sure you're not, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. It's that it's been pretty insane. Yeah. Phones have been ringing. Store has been busy. There just hasn't been a lot yeah. of opportunity. A lot of the, the demand of for both at the same time has never been greater. No. Yeah. Period. Neither. Period. We're at the yeah. epitome of excellence and busyness in both rare coins, modern coins, gold and silver bullion. When the APs are selling hundred, I mean, uh, gold eagles with a hundred hundred ounce allotments. You know, when you yeah. can only buy a maximum allotment of, of gold eagles at a time. Yeah, that tells you something. Uh, a little bit, yeah. A little scary, to be honest with you. Yeah, but it's opened up the world for production to fill the need. So this is probably a time where, you know, the American Gold Eagles, which are so popular in this country, aren't aren't really readily available. Yeah. Okay? It's going to open up opportunities for other countries. It's still hard to sell some of those other countries, though. You know, especially in the U.S., with the U.S. being... Um, with the United States Eagles and their reporting requirements. Yeah. That's why they're so sought after, you know, from, from what we hear from our customers. Um, and yeah. which you can you sell maples, maples, cougarans, philharmonics, yeah. things like that. Philharmonics, you have the same requirements. Eagles, so. Phil's, yeah. But again, 
a tougher coin to sell. Tougher coin. Thinner mi- millimeter. Yeah. Um, just Austria. doesn't have the same feeling as a nice dense. Even though they're the same weight, they're not. They're centered, obviously, a mm-hmm. little bit different. Yeah. And they're they're balanced different. And the but, premium's less. And the premium's less. And, premium's and less. eventually the public is going to learn oh, yeah. that they need to buy things with lower premiums. I agree. Get, I agree. To get the most. The, the bottom line is, why do you buy gold? To stack the most you can. Right. right. Yeah. So why not buy the low premium items to stack the most you can? Philharmonics, as an example, we're talking about them. They're widely accepted. Yeah. Okay. There's nothing wrong with Philharmonics. They're just different than Eagles. But if they're less and you can buy more gold, what do you want? I want more gold. Yeah. More gold. You can always trade back. I was going to say that. Right. One of our one of the things we've done a lot with customers is we'll tell them because they come in so so gold eagle oriented yeah. and, you, and it's like okay hold on I've got a better idea we'll get you to that gold eagle but let's buy something cheap now to lock in the actual you, gold what you think yeah. is a good gold price you this yeah. customer likes the entry point let's sell him something cheap low premium and then we'll, we'll we'll buy it back and we'll get you into that gold eagle when the premiums start to calm down a little bit which would they, they will yeah but when you can't all, buy when you can't buy 100 ounces of gold eagles when you can't buy them, why not buy a low premium item like three kilo bars? Well, the problem with doing that is the reporting of it. In some cases, some people just don't necessarily want to have to. When you sell that kilo, then you've got to fill out. Paperwork. How about if I exchange it with you for a hundred eagles later? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. If yeah, if we okay. take if that comes in on the front side, it's got to be notated and documented. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, then you there's know. reasons. So you know, it's it's. You know, I'm, I personally don't have a problem with whatever I have in my gold and silver stash well, ever reporting. I don't right. have a problem with it. And yeah. it's crazy to me that people put so much emphasis on doing on so. That, yeah. They've been well, it's good marketing. It's been, they've been marketed that way. They love they love but they love privacy. Yeah. No, I But know. you know, we talk about privacy, but you know, it's like I could just give me somebody's name and I can put it I can put it in the internet and I can find out where they live. Yeah. Especially yeah. if they're yeah. they don't even protect their own personal privacy of where they live. Yeah. yeah. I think people put too much emphasis on the paperwork, 8300s, yeah. 1099s, yeah. all this. Someone wants to find out. out, they'll find out. You know, just you nothing's know. under the radar. We've got no. the best of we got the best spy device the world has ever made. Yeah. Yeah. Follows on you on a human being is a cell phone. It's within yeah. 5 feet of you at all times. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know a satellite can pick you up yeah. on a on a sandy beach. You know? th- do you think yeah. it matters if the location's turned on or off? Do you think it truly matters? No. <laughs> no. But that's how I think. Yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah. I guess I don't, I don't, I, oh, I, don't, I think, I think we've learned that in a lot of uh, some of the programs we've watched in the last six months to three years. Yeah. yeah. That, that New segments. Yeah. Uh, that um, you can call yourself a conspiracy theorist or not. You turn off your location, believe me, you haven't turned off your location. Yeah. You don't think NSA doesn't follow people that way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, but anyway, we're talking numismatics. Hey, you guys, get the tinfoil hats. Exactly, it's uh, it's time. Tinfoil hour. That's right. We're wrapping our Lincoln penny rolls in tinfoil. Yeah, burying them in the backyard. I had a customer today uh, that came and picked up monster boxes of silver eagles, Uh and she brought tinfoil. She wanted me to help her wrap the boxes with tinfoil. So I'm sorry, but so (laughs) she burying them. What in for because she, she buries them. And she says Pick that up on the metal detector, yeah, it picks, yeah, it help it, yeah. Wow. I was like, whoa. I, I I want to pay somebody a hundred dollars who's somebody that's watching the podcast that had a customer come in, <laughs> buy silver eagle boxes, and want them wrapped in tin foil. That's that's it happens. That's I'm amazing. Sure. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, listen, if you do have that, please uh, like and subscribe and share your story in the comments because I would love to hear it. And uh, maybe we can maybe we can even bring it up next time. Um, you know, let's be a little bit more interactive on the show, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so if you've you got know something I think we should do, be, speaking of like and subscribe, I think that anybody that comes on the podcast and, and they like and subscribe and link three friends that you have a weekly drawing. Give them away one of my Silver Eagle books. Okay. Why not? Cool. Yeah, yeah why not? Yeah. You know, a friend gets signed up, and once a week or once a podcast, you guys ship out a free Silver Eagle Polly, book. Polly, can we do that? Yes, sir. All right, cool. We got a yes, sir. Paul, Paul and the techno genius Paul says we can do it. I think right. it's a great yeah. way for you know, best-selling like book of all time on an individual coin series, get in the hands of more people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know how we feel about that. I want to get, we get coins in people's hands. You know, obviously literature, good literature, not, you know, I mean, the books are well-written. The, you know, the images are great. The information's great. Um, obviously you're great. But yeah. Putting that you know, bad and it's again. not written, it's not printed on roll form yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, speaking of which, I guess, you know, we could talk about, can we talk about the Standish Foundation charity event we went to? Absolutely. You yeah. guys are great supporters. A lot of people came. No, that was I think really we had, cool. I think we had what ninety five people show up in Austin, Texas. Yeah, Top Golf. It was awesome. Um, lots of uh, lots of fun auction items. Lots of uh, great fundraising for charity. It was nearly nearly a hundred thousand dollars raised uh, by donors and sponsors. U.S. Coins, a few other coin companies that were sponsors yeah. of the event were really great. Um, Rudy T. R- Rudy T. Rudy yeah. Tomjanovich, like, he's a great one of the guy. great Hall of Famers, great, great guy, great, great connection to Houston, of course, for you guys. I you asked get, him if he'd come on the podcast. He said yes. Oh, he absolutely would. Rudy's a, Rudy's a peach. Yeah, he absolutely will. He's a neighbor, and uh, Rudy loves the foundation um, and enjoyed meeting the three Duncan brothers at yeah. the event and yeah. talking talking basketball and Houston basketball and you know the the great history that he left his mark on Houston basketball oh, yeah. with no the doubt. Rockets was it two back, back to back, back to back, back right to back to back, back to back yeah Nick's um, in the magic Rudy Tomjanovich you know, yeah. one of the great hall of famers who went in went into the hall of fame in the pandemic year i believe it was 2020 20 or 20 or 2021 went into the NBA the what basketball Naismith basketball no, no, no. hall of during, fame during the what Pandemic. Oh, okay. <laughs> pandemic. I almost thought you said pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> the planned out pandemic. Okay. Sorry. Um, but yeah, Rudy, Rudy, not, super not guy. Sorry. And it was a great event. Um, people from all over the country showed up. And I think people just enjoyed the fact getting together. You know, I'm having a, fun. There was a company, and I'm like, I guess just for privacy concerns, I won't say their name, but let me tell you, they came out in droves. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was yeah, that's right. yeah. it was a pretty big showing. Yeah. Absolutely. I didn't there know there was simple. that many people there until well, I walked out. and That was just the people that came. Yeah. I, <laughs> what about all the people that stayed home and working? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, it was a great yeah. show. Wow. Yeah. Was, yeah it, was, wow. it was an impressive shocked. showing. Yeah. I was yeah, shocked, it was. too. No, it, was, it, it was, you know, I I'm, I've, I get invited to stuff like that. I, you know, just a lot of times politely decline. Just, I mean, and it's more of like a family issue. Like, I... I like to hang out with well, my kids. Well, you did have to drive two and a half hours to come to a charity event, and some people don't do that. But you yeah. guys stepped up. But I don't you guys drive sponsors. Ten my minutes. wife Andy, who's you know run the Standish Foundation for children for over thirteen years, thirteen years now plus, and her and her board work their tail off to do stuff like that. 
to well, raise money to help kids. You know, that was the first time I had ever seen some of the stuff in action, and I would say I was impressed. Nice. I thought it was, um, you know, well done. Um, you know, everyone I met from the foundation seemed to be, you know, their heart was in the right place, um, motivation was in the right place, mm-hmm. everything just felt very comfortable. Um, Sometimes when I, I, and the reason I don't go to them is because sometimes I really get a bad feeling. Yeah. You know, I've been to a couple of these Houstonian here and there. People have invited me to some random ones and I've gone just kind of to do something. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'd much rather be watching Disney with my kids or throwing the baseball with my kids. But I enjoyed that. Yeah, I got a good feeling. And we even had some stackers show up, you know, Chris from Illinois, um, Napstead. Napstead, yeah, yeah, that's he, right, yeah. He came down from Illinois. You know, there was yeah. a lot of guys, you know, that are on social media mm-hmm. that came to that event to support it. And yeah. it was uh yeah. it was really good. That's right. He he, he was, was supposed to come in here. He was supposed to come hey, in. Hey, you lied to me. <laughs> lied, lied to us. <laughs> you lied to us. I'm not he's probably he's probably gonna tell you he's got another trip to come down. Yeah, I'm not gonna He's pretty I'm good for that. He's it. pretty yeah. good for that. He came through on showing up for the event, but it was great to see him. But there's just a lot of people there, you know, that came from you know, many, many states All in over. the union. Yeah, absolutely. From Hawaii, even people came from. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely great turnout. Great event. Um, you know, I thought Rudy T was just, it was funny. It was so cool. Okay. So, you know, and, and I'll, and I don't want to burn, you know, too much time on this, but, um, I was probably 10, 11, 12 in that, in that age group. And the Rockets had just won their first championship. They were at, um, Sharpstown mall. Mm-hmm. And we had a coin shop in Sharpstown Mall at the time. And I had my my ba- my basketball, and I stood in line, you know. And it was Rudy and uh, Olajuwon and, gosh, I want to say Kenny Smith. Mm-hmm. It's quite a lineup. Um, yeah. uh, Carl Herrera. Um, who else was there? Was Mario Eli. No. This Barkley was the next. Yeah, Barkley was oh, after. Okay. Yeah, Rudy, Rudy talked about that mall that he knew very well. It was funny. And I watched remember, that conversation. Yeah, and it was so cool because, you know, I, at that time, obviously, I'm a fan, a huge fan. I'm a diehard Rockets fan. Yeah. And it was, it's so, you know, kind of surreal to, here I am talking to the head coach who put, you know, who basically, you know, leads these guys. Guided that team to They were a six seed. Were they six seed? They were they six won? seed. The first time they won. Yeah. Wow. They were a six seed. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I mean, and they went on to beat the you know they went on to beat the Knicks. I mean, John Stark, uh, Patrick Ewing. Um, it was it was a crazy series, and then obviously next year they swept uh, the Orlando Magic. Sorry, Shaq, we love you. Um, and uh, you know that team was highly highly talented, and yeah. we swept them. Um, so you know, Rudy, um, man, what a cool and surreal moment just to sit there and talk to him. Well, now you guys are going to golf yeah. with him. Share He's st- coming down to Houston. Yeah. Can I come see you? We're stoked. Yeah. Going to go to Maddie's course We're and uh, do a little golfing with uh, the coin shop uh, podcast guys of uh, Houston. Yeah. yeah, we're excited. I can't, yeah. I can't really, I can't, I know I don't look excited right now, but I am. Yeah, super excited. Yeah. It's too bad your dad doesn't golf. He'd probably just like the moment knowing yeah, you guys I, are out. Yeah. No, we got to get Rudy to the shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah we absolutely. Get to meet old pops. He'll be on the podcast. Dad, dad would act like he wouldn't care, but I think he would, he'd like to meet Rudy. He'd like he, to see yeah. that happen. Yeah, Rudy yeah. has a championship mindset. And he's a good right. soul. You can, he's you a very good soul. Mindset. You yeah. could tell that when you're with Rudy, you know he's a good soul. Yeah, you can. Yeah. And he's definitely that. Yeah. So anyway, thank you for all your support. No, it would do it a million times over. Yep. It's uh, it's definitely a cool foundation. Like I said, you can tell the people there that were, they were dedicated to um, 
great video they put together just like a very you know like it wasn't some drawn out long thing it was nice and quick to the point mm -hmm. got right to where the work is being done mm -hmm. right because when it comes to you know foundations and things you're like okay what who's doing the work where's the work when you saw all the people there actually doing the work that to me makes you feel pretty comfortable mm -hmm. yeah. right yeah, there's a lot of sweat equity in that room that's not like yeah. uh you know there's no there is no payroll right yeah all right it's all sweat equity right not including either. andrea who yeah. Literally, you know, has gone to Asia, I don't know how many times around the world, you know, yeah. many, many places for surgical operations. Um, it's real sweat equity. And it's, you know, it's not the Four Seasons and the Ritz-Carlton when you get there either. You know, yeah. it's 18 days of, eh, yeah. you know, yeah. helping kids. <laughs> it's about helping kids. Right. Yeah. Well, cool. All right. Well, thanks again. I'm glad to be a part of it. <clears throat> um, let's go into some of the coin shop stuff. So, I mean, a little bit of stuff to catch up with. Um, I hadn't been around the counter a lot. Yep. Um, again, we've been kind of in the back formulating and, and just working on some other projects. Um, there have been some cool buys come through. Yeah, there has been. Yeah. And I actually have one of them right here. Yeah, let's do it. So here I have this $1922 gold certificate. The very interesting part of this gold certificate is that it's a replacement note. Nice. Star note. So when you so, say replacement note, does it mean the one they printed, printed wasn't, wasn't acceptable? And so wasn't, they, they placed that in there yep. because these are all monetized notes when they're making a sheet of notes. Sure. So okay. they had, so they, yeah, after that, they put the star on there mm -hmm. showing that it's a replacement note and only 30 of them known. Really? Only 30 of them known. Really? Let me see. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Under, 30 of them under, known. Under 30 of that Freeberg. So no comments, just no. a nice, even, clean note. And so how much would that sell for, Matt? Yeah, so a note like that trades for around 11000 11, Um We're actually going to actually, it's going to be on uscoinsandjewelry.com for sale. Sounds like, like a great value. Com. Sounds like a great value to me, $11,000. I mean. Yeah. And that's some of the, the cool things about currency. You get into those low populations, mm. and you can buy in for pretty good price points for how rare they are. Would that um, would that does that fall under our buyback guarantee? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and I don't think 100%. most people would realize. I mean, people today really just don't get the fact of how our money at one time was backed by gold, yeah. and where it actually set it on the notes. Yeah, it said on even and same thing with the silver. Um, Here's a silver certificate, one hundred dollar, eighteen eighty. That's pretty cool. This is a really cool note. Um, I, I like how PCGS. Um, I, I like their. I like the way that their holder faces up. Oh yeah, I did too. They yeah. um, they come with the protective little plastic part that rips off both sides, keeps the note from the holder from getting scratched. Man, this note so, is amazing. So this one yeah. says to be paid in silver. That's to be paid in silver. Uh -huh. it says silver certificate on the back. Show that guy off yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So how much is that note, Matt? This note is this black back is a hundred and twenty thousand is what we have it listed for on our website. And how many do you think are known? Any idea? Oh, just you know, notes like this. There's a handful of known. There's not. There's not many. Well, really nice XF too. Yeah, it actually is. It's a really nice note. Um, no problems. Again, just, just big a fan nice, of the PCGS bank note. Um, yeah. Just, I mean, you know, the way that they. Yeah, shout out to, to Joe Pelago. Yeah, shout out to to Joe. Joe's been um yeah, Joe's been pretty awesome to work with. Yeah. Big fan of Joe. Yep. This is beautiful. 
Yeah, that is nice. It just has it faces up yeah, nice. I really, I really like the fact how they printed it on the back. You know, and, and most people. Now, are there different ink variations of that? Because you say black back. Is there? Is there? No, it's just. Uh, it's just the. That's what it's term called. That, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's kind of slang. There, there's for different. It. Yeah. That's what's great I'm about not a big small paper collectibles guy. like currency and coins. You know, one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. It's you know, it's pretty. Yeah, it's a small storage of cash, right? Right. It's yeah, yeah or carry around or to conceal. You know, it's one hundred twenty thousand dollars. You said for it. Yeah, it's a great piece. Sweet. Yeah. Another note. I mean, we bought some cool notes in the last year. Some, you know, one of two. Some one of five. But um, really, it, what I've seen, even the the five thousand dollar notes or twenty five hundred dollar notes to the hundred thousand dollar notes. I mean, they're all very neat to look at. Yeah. A lot of a lot of really cool art. And uh, love the older styles and the size of the bills. No just, doubt. Just don't get that today. Yeah. No, so that's no where doubt. you get a lot of collectors that just have to have some of these series. They like the art. They like the size. Yeah, mm -hmm. it just looks. The history. It mm -hmm. just, very cool. So Back when back when our government wasn't so lazy. <laughs> I mean, look at it. No, it's pretty. I mean, here. I yeah. mean, show show the show the uh, big one. show the the other twenty to the left right there. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. Beautiful the, reverse. Golly, yeah. I mean, such a great. Even event. the portrait alone, the way they did the it. The portrait. Well. I mean, just you know, the yeah. seals. Yeah, obviously the reverse. Yeah, the scrolling on the seals, which originally was all hand done in the metal, dude. You oh, know, beautiful, it's crazy, so cool. Yeah. Seventy yeah, k. Those metal plates and the and the detail they did then it was just phenomenal. Oh yeah. Same thing. No, no, uh, no comments. Another I like, nice like fresh note. With no comment. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I like placing them and buying them back. And so we brought some counterfeits on last time. Um, and it was funny because after that I got back to my desk and someone dropped an album on my desk, um, that I just happened to kind of peek around through. And I looked at, it was a, it was a Barber half album and the very first thing I do is go and look to see if the payments, the 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 teen day payments that are you know eighty to hundred bucks and and so on and up, and to see if they're real and not etched off S's and D's. Sure. And it's more just to kind of test my guys to make sure they're looking and not just flipping, you know, because it's easy to flip through an album, but you know, you know we're busy, stores stacked up, you know, people are kind of waiting, you know, you're trying to you're trying to trudge through a deal mm -hmm. and you just look at the 14 slot and flip it over and it doesn't have a mint mark and you just keep going, you figure it for, you know, 75 bucks or whatever it is you figure for. Yeah. And I'm always looking for a reason to bust their balls, right? Just to say, <laughs> just, <laughs> he's like, Catch hey. the guys on the counter and, sleeping at the wheel. And let me yep. tell you, this album had all three altered yeah, yeah, and you piece. should you should be able to tell right from off of the off of that. You know, sure. some the obverses tell the story on a lot of them, um, but yeah, this one was. Um, so you got fourteen p, four yeah fourteen p in the in the fifteen yeah. I thought there was a thirteen. Paul, I thought we had a thirteen here. Um, but we'll show better pictures and better close ups. Um, but you know, it's just as simple as you know engraving a mint mark off the back. I don't know how, man, this is not my... Well, it's all part of keeping on your toy, uh, toes in the coin shop. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you know... It's constant. It's easy because these coins, you know, a lot of times they, they're VG-less. 
you know, so they kind of have a yeah. worn down appearance and, um, you know, nobody's going to look closer on the lower grade yeah. pieces. It's not, no. it's not too expensive where, you know? where someone's going to, you know, right. Really like take the Couldn't second. Couldn't pull it off if it was out, a U or 63, you know, you know, yeah. check a diet diagnostic. Or, I knew there was a 13 that had a little more of a, um, I got a see your loop right there, please. I, I can't determine whether or not this actually. Are you sure this coin's bad? This coin. I mean, there was a couple that were very pronounced that didn't look as hard. To kind Paul's of, got a whole inventory of counterfeits oh, back yeah. here. No, this coins. this definitely has movement, uh, metal movement. So uh, we'll set a couple aside and just show you guys. I'm sure. I'm sure that most of you are. Um, Aware of you know, it. Most of the dealers are, but maybe for the on the consumer side of things, when you're buying an album, make sure you look at those because those are just kind of low hanging fruit, fifty, sixty, you know, eight hundred dollar bill uh, mistakes that some dealers might make in haste, sure. right? And yeah. it's just it's don't smart take to look at. For, for it. Just no, I get mean, out there and try to learn something about it, and yeah, you're going to spend the money on it, no doubt. Yeah, um, but so, deal with reputable people, obviously, right? Reputable dealers, yeah, so that's, no doubt, yeah. Well, that goes kind of back to the whole right. like roundtable thing too, like we were talking about before. Um, you know, Who you're dealing to, with? Try to find the the roundtable dealer closest to you um, again, because if if something happens, yeah, um, I got a feeling. Yeah, recourse. That, yeah, yeah. There's a recourse. Um, oh, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> shout love, out to Rob. Shout out another shout out to Rob. I love Rob, man. He, yeah. That guy gets, guy. I just like how he just gets right on the subject and just stays on it. And he, I've just never met a guy who will just get so straight to the point and not even break a, a facial expression. He's just like, yeah. you know, yeah. Why would you do that? That was a stupid idea. <laughs> yeah, well, Rob like, also realizes see, that the longer he takes to make decisions on taking care of a problem, Yep. bigger the problem becomes. Sure. It becomes it, uglier. It grows. Yeah. It, right. It, right. It multiplies. It just multiplies. It morphs into yeah. a bigger issue. There's actually, actually, he's a nip it in the butt kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Very quickly. There's actually a deal going on right now where they're, um, I don't know, maybe I can talk about this. It's not a big deal. Wade Spencer, our Wade, little Wade's trying to get into coin dealers, helping coin dealers right now. Okay. Yeah. And um, some people He's no. questioning his age. He's he's telling everybody he's eighteen. He's really thirty six. No, he's not. Telling, yeah, no. <laughs> he, you know, it's just he. At the end of the day, you know, as great as Wade is, and as much as he's accomplished, and as much as he's learned, and kind of learned under us, and kind of worked with us, and under us, he still is fifteen years old. Yeah. And you know, the comfort level of some of the older guys, you know, is well, legally we can't do business with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now we do because we understand the structure of his company. We know his parents are backing it. Yeah. We know that he's got, it's coming from a good place and there's, there's some support behind him. Exactly. You know, there's, um, there's adult supervision on, on his business. Correct. Um, but you know, so Rob actually put a message out in the owner's only portion of the group and asked, um, if there would be any objections. And I God, last time I looked at it, I think there was like 70 something comments oh, wow. and where I had to basically go out and say, listen, I, obviously I'll back it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'll back the kid. Um, now, you know, I started thinking about it more and more. I mean, I, it's like, I'll back the kid up to a point to where he's doing, when he's doing business with us, if he goes out, you know, rogue or something, obviously then I need to, I'll put that back out there as well. But let's also remember the kid is 15 years old. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's 15 years old. Right. Right. Um, I, I know, you know, the stories of Jack Hertzberg, Mark Kranz, Greg Rowan. Um, there's plenty of, you know, I, I think 
even, you know, Menchel or, I mean, there's a couple of guys who really started out very early in this business. But you named some um, of the key ones. Yeah. yeah. And have gone on to have storied careers and great careers and uh, ups and downs. And, and somebody gave him a chance. And somebody gave him a chance. And um, so, you know, I like it, but I also know Wade very personal. I mean, he's, I was the first person he talked to when he came in and he was literally nine or 10 years old, mm-hmm. right? With his dad. And his dad really supported him. And I think he's made some huge strides in the business. And he's just would, way ahead of the curve of most 15 year olds. It would yeah. be a shame, you know, for him. But I, like I told him, you don't need the group. If they don't let you in, who cares? He goes to all the major coin shows, has a checkbook, does business with all of the major dealers. So he doesn't need, he doesn't need online group. To no, be, if there's yeah. a couple old hats that don't want him in there. Who cares? Yeah. Keep kick rocks. You know, Keep doing what you're doing, Wade. I just told him, I said, listen, don't, I'll stick up for you. I'll back you. Um, if, if they let you in, amazing. If not, who cares? You keep doing what you're doing. You're doing fine. That's right. You know, and so. 16 will change a lot of things too. There are work from it at that age too. Yeah. I think, and again, and I, and I can't completely just, you know, lambast some of these guys for not getting on board because it does not make a lot of sense to them. They're sitting from afar. They don't know Wade. They've never seen him at a coin show. They've never seen him hustle from table to table. Yeah. So they're like, the kid's not 18. It's not legal in my state to sell a minor, to, to buy from a minor, which it's not. It's just not. The law is the law. You cannot mm-hmm. buy from a minor. I don't give crap how many people he has behind him. So I think that in, 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 that, in those terms, those guys do have a point. Now, you know, whether or not they want to take into consideration that he does work with us, you know, and, you know, transact a lot of business with, you know, a very reputable company that's been around for a long time that has done everything they've always said they're going to do yeah. and will continue to do so. It's just another arm of that. That's how I see it, but yeah. whatever, you know. But, you know, 70 comments to me sound like... Uh, yeah, you got some probably some uh, money mortar and quarterbacking going on too, where you know it's just to make to make a comment, you know. Yeah, it's, it's you know I always say you know what I don't know I don't know. Yeah, and there's a lot of people I'm sure that commented that, like you said, never don't, met Wade. No, there's don't a, know. a few yeah. people they don't know and they haven't met yeah. Wade. Yeah, they don't know the whole circumstance. A few people stepped out there and said, you know, call a lawyer, and I was like, okay, we're getting we're getting a little yeah. we're getting yeah. a little out of. So uh, you picking up your phone? I thought you were going to list a couple. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's just you know when he's like, call a lawyer, like okay, all right, yeah. well, let's let's you know, yeah, we already know the lawyer taking this too far now. Yeah, well, I think we might have gotten a little. You know, we've we started getting there. into the weeds here a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, if you're going to call a lawyer about it, then yeah, you know, just say no. You already know what the lawyer's going to say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if you can't do it, you can't do it. Exactly. So anyway. Good luck, Wade. Um, you know, hope that you... Uh, Don't give up, Wade. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing fabulous. No, Wade's going to be fine regardless of coin dealers helping coin dealers. I just think it's a good venue for him. You know, I think there's a lot of good people in there. Sure. Um, good dealers. You know, yeah. guys have, who have not gone bad. You know, yep. right? guys who have right. who stayed good and stayed done their good. deals. We've done a lot of business in there and everybody's done exactly what yeah. they needed to do. So. Do what they say they're going to do. Yeah. It's, support super huge on that yeah. um we were talking a little bit about scam of the weekend i think we we're having some some issues because we haven't had a lot of people try to scam us but we kind of pivot into a security so if one thing that we we always try to be more proactive than reactive is with with security 
And that's, yeah. that's if not, I like the sniper on the building when I show up. That's a smart, (laughs) that's a real deterrent. You saw that. That's a real, well, I actually saw him. Most people may not see him. I think it's a great deterrent at U.S. Coins to have that sniper. It's wild. You looked up With as many cameras as we have and as many. His nickname is AK, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or AR. Okay. (laughs) One thing we did do is we added a a camera uh, in the front door and a monitor. So now, like, literally, when you walk in the door in the first vestibule, mm-hmm. you're on candy camera. You're on television. You know, and it's not yeah. it's not some, you know, gradient or, you know, granule no. or, you know, far away. It's like, it's a 30 bam. You 30 know. inch or something. Yeah, yeah. Your, your, your face is blown up on the big screen. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah. you know, it, it, we're, we're going to continue um, in this climate to be proactive on security. Yeah. And we, we also did the driver's license. We've got the driver's right. license hole now, so like before yeah. you walk in, you know, you drop your driver's license in the in the, in the slot. You know, it takes a captures an image of it. Mm, yeah. um, you don't want to show it. You don't come in the door. Plain and simple. You know, non criminals don't mind showing off their ID. Not at all. Yeah, they you just know. they they it's like a oh, okay, yeah, I'll just do it. Here you go, and then you walk in. That's it. It's for their do, safety and yours. Yeah, you know, in the jewelry buildings, you have to do the same oh, thing, right? No. It, Listen, I've always done that. It's not a. You got a cop down there asking you for it. They're not letting you up. No. Regardless. No. You don't show it. You don't come upstairs. Yeah. It's pretty simple. So, you know, we've kind of, we kind of stole, pre- stole that idea. Yeah. You got to protect your employees too. You got to protect your employees. Protect but, your and customers. customers. And the customers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, customers was, first, honestly. I mean, you, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, the employees, we have, we have our own in house kind of way that we're going to handle a situation. But it's the customers that we have to protect, you know, almost more because they're trusting us to provide them a safe place, a safe haven to do business. Sure. Right. So we have to, around the clock, be studious and proactive in, you know, different, yeah. bringing in different ways to be safe. Yeah. Giving them that service. Yes. Right? That's, that comes with yes. the whole protecting out the them. red carpet. Protecting them. Give yeah. them privacy. Give them, you know, give them a, a safe place and a safe haven to do some um, to do contract business and, yeah. you know, so, um, so anyway, that's kind of like our, instead of doing a scam of the week, we kind of just did, yeah. hey, that's our security, security update of the week. That's kind of what we've been working on for the last couple of days. Um, and you know, one thing we were talking about earlier too, but with you is that we've had you on, we've kind of gone over some of the grading rooms and, you know, the PCGS grading room, the NGC grading room. Uh, we didn't touch on the ANESH grading room so much, but one thing we didn't do is figure out how did you get yeah. to Texas? So how do oh, you Southwest yeah. airlines? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's put those points together. Let's try yeah. to figure out a little more. Well, you know, for years living in Southern California, working at PCGS, um, I always read information about this great city in Texas called Austin. And um, I was always inquisitive about it, thinking, you know, what? I've got to read, you know, read more and find out more. And and it wasn't until 2004 that I had the opportunity to go to Austin. Um, I went there and negotiated a contract with, with uh, Annex. No, no, I didn't. I in 2004 was the first time I ever went to Austin. Oh. And I negotiated a contract with Lance Armstrong and his attorney. And I was doing an autograph coin program with, at the time, in 2004, you know, Lance was the multi-champion Tour de France winner. And he signed the agreement on the eve of his last 
quote championship run at that time. We all know what happened later with Lance, and that's all another story. But yeah. uh, where he was stripped of those awards, but um, but yeah, I went to Austin in two thousand and four, um, and uh, I called my wife and I said, you know, this city's pretty fabulous, yeah. and I, I haven't even seen outside of town yet. And uh, subsequently, later when we did move to Austin, you know, we we live outside the city limits. Um, but and it wasn't until 2005 came along where Whitman Publishing bought ANAX in, mm-hmm. in Dublin, Ohio, the grading yeah. service. Um, I had worked at ANAX when it was owned by the ANA back in 1984 as a 19-year-old as my first job after dropping out of college, leaving home. So it was kind of the uh, it's kind of an interesting uh, phone call to get was an opportunity to come and become the vice chairman of ANAX in Ohio, and they said, "Yeah, we're not keeping it in Ohio." I said, "Well, good. I'm not going to live in Ohio." Um, <laughs> uh, they said, "You know, we're going to Colorado," and I said, "Well, I've lived in Colorado before. It's a lovely place, but at this point in my life, I don't want to live in Colorado again." Yeah. Um, and I, and they said, "Well, where is it you want to live?" And I said, "I want to live in Austin, Texas." And, um, you know, after, I'll say it felt like months, but it was like weeks of discussing the whole circumstances of it. Um, Whitman Publishing hired me to come and be vice chairman of ANX, move it from Dublin, Ohio to Austin, Texas. And so I didn't know that. I I got my dream fulfilled of, you know, where I wanted to live. And, um, you know, a lot of people later, because I uh, later, um, after about a year, I, I left ANAX and PCGS um, wanted me back. So I, you know, I went back to ANAX. There's, that's a whole nother long story, but it was. Uh, I do want to get into that. Well, it's, it's pretty deep. Really? <laughs> it's pretty deep. Can we talk about it? We'll talk about it. Yeah. We'll yes. talk about it. Maybe in another talk podcast, we'll talk about it I, deeper. Hey, yep. Version four with Miles coming up. So, <laughs> But it's really, you know, it's really, you know, everybody thought, you know, well, Miles made a mistake. He left PCGS. He went to work for ANAX. No, me leaving PCGS in 2005, getting to Austin, yep. restructuring ANAX, kind of dusting it off. You know, it had been a kind of a business stuck in its place for a long time. Yeah. Um, and, and changing it. Um, ended up giving me my best life possible because I wanted to live in Texas. And you guys know that since you've really gotten to know me, I, I'm a Texas guy. I love it here yeah. and uh, love Texas Hill Country so much. And my wife and I have fallen in love with oh, it's all, beautiful. all of Texas Hill Country. That's yeah, beautiful. So, um, but that's how I got to Austin, Texas um, in a roundabout way, if you think about it. But it was my greatest move career-wise career-wise of my life. So you went back to PCGS for 10 years. Oh, wow. I went back. I left ANAX. Yeah. Went back. S- stayed living where I live. Okay. Yep. Went back to PCGS for 10 years. Had what, role, what role did you go back to PCGS? I was vice president of PCGS, handled all the, you know, the show grading, uh, all the bulk coin grading, um, business development type stuff. Cool. Um, which is really what I left. Yeah. yeah. Um, did that for 10 years. Um, you know, a lot of people understand, well, you know, why did that last? Well, you know, you, I went through like two different presidents of PCGS, you know, uh, who was it? It was, well, you had, you know, you had Ron Guth, he stepped down and then Don Willis came in and, and, uh, I left and then Don Willis and David got fired and I was at NGC while all that was going on. Um, but, 
you know, after I'd moved on from PCGS, a lot of things happened behind me. It was kind of like last man out of town. I was, I was glad to be first, <laughs> but um, no, it was just, uh, you know, NGC offered me an opportunity. Um, you know, it was a five-year agreement. I ended up staying six. Um, and, you know, I did a lot of things uh, at NGC that they weren't doing, you know, it's a grading, uh, grading company that really wasn't doing any autographs with coins, which is one of my passions. Um, and that's, you know, one of the, it's, it's, it's the biggest autograph coin program going in the grading business. Yeah. Um, but that was my bread and butter of what I like to do. And I knew how to put together the pieces and yeah. NGC wanted me to come in and do that. Um, subsequently it helped, you know, elevate the value of the company. And of course in 2021, it, you know, it sold to, uh, Blackstone and, um, uh, and, and come the fall of, uh, 2021, um, I was just getting to a spot in life where a lot of the things that I was doing, um, I've done before yeah, and wanted to do some things differently. Sure. And, you know, I had a nice quiet departure from NGC, um, uh, and it, it went terrifically smooth, and uh, now I'm doing various consulting projects and doing what I enjoy to do. And yeah. I got Texas Hill Country in Texas. Yeah, you know, but you know, really interesting. It started with Lance Armstrong. That wow. one little visit opened the door. That's of, a little bit of information, you know, you know, yeah. from a Midwestern guy that grew up in Michigan originally. I wanted to get back to the Midwest, but I didn't want the super cold. Sure. Um, and I don't mind the super hot. <laughs> yeah. And I got a, I got that a little bit of cold every now and then. But um, did the did the did the Lance Armstrong coin ever kick off? Um, you know, Lance Armstrong. The biggest problem with Lance Armstrong was we never designed an actual Lance coin. Okay. We did a French uh, Monet de Paris. I said that pretty good, if you yeah. don't mind me oh, saying wow. that. Yeah, that's I'm a good. good golfer too, by the hey, way. Yeah, hey, I heard, I heard that. Yeah, I heard yeah that. you are a good golfer. Um, I think you rubbed it in my face here, <laughs> if, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Brutal. I was only teasing. No, you did though. Yeah, but well, we Blake and I, Blake and I thought differently. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna you see this. You took it wrong. Blake laughed. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be the judge of it. <laughs> yeah, like we're gonna get out there with Rudy. We're. I don't think we'll he see thinks. Who. You know, I am faster than I look. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you need somebody to bust on you. Oh man. <laughs> you, you know, you got everybody being gentle and nice to you. It's like, no, I got to be the guy that show, shows up for podcasts and just reams on him. <laughs> That's awesome. He loves it. Can't you tell? He loves it. So, but no, Monet de Paris made a made a sprock coin where you would put multiple coins together mm -hmm. and it would make a sprock. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, everyone was signed by Lance. Oh, cool. Yeah. And you know. My knowledge in working with the world mints, I was just, you know, I was still at the learning stages in 2004, you know, I mean, yeah. that's, you know, what was it? 12, 10 years ago. Um, no, what, what, 2004, excuse me. Yeah, excuse, like, yeah. What I know, what I know today, obviously I could have done even better things then, you know, the other hitch to that whole project was, um, was Lance. Um, you know, Lance thought that, uh, Lance thought he was pretty special. Yeah. And Lance didn't make enough time to sign autographs. And if you can't get the autographs, you can't do the project. Yeah. Oh man. And, 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 and at the time he was my highest paid autograph signer that I'd ever had yeah. in 2004. What a nut. So can you tell us how much? Well, it was like, it's like when you go to the ATM machine, what comes out? 
you know, <laughs> per, yeah, per. Oh, your max. Yeah. yeah okay. That okay. was the max. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, those twenty dollar bills come flying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. I know. You know, it's about fifteen and of them, right? My ATM only puts out twenty dollar bills. I don't know about yours. But I haven't used an ATM machine in ten years. Yeah, I, I, I say, used one last night because I'm on the road without any money, and you know, yeah. I, it's like, oh, okay. you should have some cash. Yeah. Traveling yeah. internationally, and I didn't have sure. any U.S. currency, but um, dude, that is yeah, no, no, Lance really wasn't available. Really? Yeah, and they, the one time I signed with him on a private jet, that was like the one time I could get him to sign, having had him captivated on a private jet. Um, but after that, he was just, you know. Well, he had Nike. He had other yeah, the U.S. post office. Yeah. And he's looking, he says, and I got Miles Standish. <laughs> it's like, how's this happen? I said, because it's a good deal for you. Yeah. You know, I remember when they said when I made an offer to him about the autograph fee, it's like, well, you know, he's as big as Muhammad Ali and, and Michael Jordan. I said, you know what? He is as big as those two guys. Problem is he can't throw a left hook or hit a 20-foot jumper. Nope. And that was the difference between a bicyclist and a boxer no, and say, a you, basketball yeah, shoe. You ride bikes. And the, and the attorney looked at me and goes, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like the, the attorney's negotiating for Lance. I bet you Lance will sign some autographs now. He would sign them all until <laughs> the cows came home. And what I was paying him then? Oh, until the cows came home. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you know? Wow, what a story. But, um, no, but, you know, it started with Lance. Um, it ended up, you know, Anax was part about, dry, you know, I'm really glad I always stuck to my guns when Anax wanted to hire me that the piece to the puzzle was, you know, my wife and I only want to, if we're going to leave Cal Southern California, we're, we're going to go to Texas. We're going to live in Austin. And, you know, I did the same thing with NGC. Part of my audit, you know, my agreement yeah. with NGC and State my contract Texas. was I never have to move to Florida. And they tried. They tried later, you know, but it was like, no, I'm only living in Texas. Yeah. And I've always been grateful that I did. Yeah. Um, there is something about it that has been um, very captivating for us both. I think through the pandemic, all the people that always wondered why I left California really started to understand me a whole lot better. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. I mean, that, yeah, that, I mean yeah. we, we knew it even before 2020, but 2020 and beyond the way Texas worked out socially, this was, this was yeah. really a free haven here. Yeah. And it wasn't a super spreader. It was a free haven of, of your, your rights in this country, you know, your first amendment, your second amendment uh, were yeah. really, kept in this state and everybody understood why we lived in Texas now. Yeah. And I'm just so blessed. And my wife is too, that we're here. Yeah. You know, well, we're glad he's here. I'm yeah. Yeah. I get super, two super hours and 44 minutes. I can be on the podcast. Yeah, that's right. We're off a plane internationally in Houston. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Houston's a pretty cool hub for all that stuff. Yeah. Especially, so, especially the so. coin shop podcast. So, you know, the, the coin business, um, especially in the grading business, uh, there's more opportunities in it than most people think, but, you know, there's a lot, lot to that story there of uh, what goes on with people that know how to grade and market. You know, yeah. um, and I'm having more fun now than I've ever had professionally in my career. After all these years, this is the most fun time right now, and I really enjoy it. Yeah, cool. Well, sweet. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that uh, we could be a part of it, and um, absolutely, yeah, it's awesome. Um, so, how about a grading tip or two? You know, we were talking about it earlier. Uh, you know, you know, lighting, lighting, and magnification. Um, I think you know, coin dealers, including yourselves, you guys don't require that like a coin grader does. You know, you buy so much stuff, you've you've never you've never tried to do the adjustment to like the atmosphere of the coin grading room to look at a coin. 
Um, right. You, know, you, you just you just get out there and do it yeah. in a coin shop. Yeah, you and have you buy, to, and you yeah. buy coins. You and have to. Where me, I'm you know I'm so susceptible of like okay, well you know the neon or the excuse me the fluorescent lights need to be off, the window shades need to be closed. I need it as dark as possible. Yeah, you know, but that's just yeah. You got to get in the zone. Yeah, yeah. For me to properly look at and grade a coin. I need to have the right lighting, right atmosphere. I'm not telling anybody what's what's better over what I do, but or what's not as good as what I do. It's just I have to have the right lighting. The right lighting, you know, and magnification. You know, it's it's an overtold story. Um, it's nice to look at an altered coin like we were looking at earlier with an altered coin. Yeah. But generally speaking, most coins that just need to be graded just need to be graded, and they don't yeah. need magnification. And that's just me. Yeah. But I always recommend do with what's comfortable for you. But I think that, you know, in my career of grading over 35 plus years, you know, you know, 90 plus percent is without a loop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. the other 10% that you might have to look at something closer. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Just, and this is completely offbeat. Um, but this is something that actually somebody brought up to me the other day and they asked me the question and I really, and I, I know the answer from, from, from my gut and from my experience in grading just, um, but rim bumps mm -hmm. and rim gouges. And so, you know, when as a grader, does the rim bump become a details coin versus a non-details coin? And, and is it subjective or is there a, is there a, um, you know, um, is um, it a placement? Why yeah, I would say more, coin. is there a boundary? Is there like a, hey, if it gets into the coin, obviously I think if it gets into the coin, into the actual, out of the rim and into the coin, it's obviously an issue. Yeah. But, well, you know, yeah. generally speaking, people in the grading room like to grade a coin right. And I'll just tell you the first thing that came to mind when you were saying a rim bump, because I can still remember somebody saying this, like, you know, the coin is really great. You know, the gasket will cover up the little rim bump. <laughs> 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 and I mean that, you know, I, I try to be honest when I'm on this show. It's yeah. like, that's a real life experience. Yeah. Sure. Honest in the sense of being genuine about it yeah, you know some, people think that way yeah you know uh, obviously you know uh, the grading the grading room you know on the, it's the we're talking vintage coins obviously we're not talking right, vintage modern coins, coins. Right. you know the, the grading services you know a lot of really horrible rim bumps you know they seem to get weeded out but i mean they still get them yeah sure um and there's probably usually if it's got a huge rim bump there's probably something else wrong with it too yeah honestly something else happened in the process of getting the rim bump of course yeah um but um, you know, to me, it's like, I know it is considered the third side to the coin, right? but I'll give a lot of room to a minor, minor rim, you know, horrible, horrible is horrible. If it's really sure. horrible, it's probably a no grade or if it's horrible. It definitely needs to get downgraded. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. there isn't, I didn't give you an answer there, but it isn't cause it can't be written. Well, you kind of gave us three. Like, so, I mean, obviously it's a no grade then maybe a net grade. Yeah. Okay. Um, which, you know, maybe it knocks a nice four coin, excuse me, a five coin into a four or four to a three. Yeah. Made it, you know, as the grade goes down, it matters less. Okay. Right. You follow me? Yeah. The grade goes up, the matters more. Of yes, course. You'll see the, uh, you know? that yeah. might have a, you know, it's amazing though. How many great 68 coins? I mean, like really great 68 coins never have that rim bump problem to even consider. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just amazing yeah. how that happens. No, you don't. Right. Like yeah. I said, something usually happens. If it's got a horrible rim bump, yeah. something else happened to deter that grade. Yeah. Sure. You yeah. know, cool. It's funny because someone asked me that the other day and like they really wanted like a, they wanted a real, like, hey, you're, you run one of the, 
you know, you run sure. a pretty big coin shop, dude. You should have this answer. And I'm like, honestly, I, for me, it's more gut. Like if my gut tells me that's going to be a problem based on my experience, then I buy it like that's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a lot of what I told you is gut too. Yeah. You know, you, know you just kind of look at it. You're like, okay, that's just too much. Yeah. It just, it's just when not. you see a coin, you'll buy in the store and I'll grade that all day. But it's It'll funny. All day, it's but. funny to hear how other people think it was like, oh my God, look at the rim bump. And I'm yeah. looking, I'm like, that's nothing. It's like a little you know, turn of metal. Yeah. It's not. Well, I mean, right. but you know, the metal's turned. Yeah. I mean, to me, depending on if it's. I'd much rather have to deal with a scratch or a wheel mark. Yeah. You know, county wheel mark and a walking Liberty half. Or well, I mean, which you see a lot and it's oh, crazy right. how many get through. And then it's crazy yeah. to see how many they. You and know, the only they reason up. they get through is somebody didn't tilt it. They didn't look at it. Yeah, they, they didn't looked tilt at it too fast. They they just didn't tilt it. I mean, you really probably a, really bulk, catch, a bulk submission. Yeah, to catch a wheel mark, you know, to catch a wheel mark, you really have to turn it into the light properly. You have yeah. to turn it. And yeah. and it, yeah. walkers, it's amazing. More walkers got wheel marks in the history of coins than any yeah. other coin there is. Sorry, I guess it was the 1940s that you know they did a lot of counting machine marks. Yeah, you know, 42, 43, 44, Yeah, 45. it's interesting what day those payment. Yeah, you know the forty dates especially. Yeah. You but know. they have a finish to them. Yeah, you see that finish, and you already know. On, yeah. On, yeah. Well, it's 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 the luster that gets interrupted that that throws it off real quick, and then when you roll it, then you can see the corresponding yeah, see you know wheel yeah. mark there. I have seen I have seen Walking Liberty half dollars with such a severe wheel mark. It has there's like pores in that wheel mark. It'll be black, and and somebody asks, "What's the black?" I go. It's the actual black wheel on the counter. Yeah, yeah. say dug in the counter. Dug in the counter. And you guys know that because you probably got one of those machines. We dug in there. Yeah, yeah, you know what it is. I've actually seen the black wheel on a 1940s Walker. Oh well, I'll tell you guys a blunder uh, as we as we finish up this podcast. Uh, I walked into an intern, and I'm not going to say his name because he still works for us. Running. Ninety percent halves. That were BU. Like Kennedy's or, or Franklin's. He was running them through the counting machine. Oh! Yeah. Walkers. Ooh. Yes. Walkers. Through the counting machine. Yes. Now, they were not all BU, but we had poured someone. I say we. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> um, someone dumped a bin of a new purchase into the 90 bin that didn't know any better. Oh, that boy. had no business working in the back at the time. Mm-hmm. And when we asked somebody to count up all the 90% halves, they just counted up all the 90% yeah, halves. Sure. Dumped and the bin. The walkers got Some dumped in Some people do there. really well at doing what they're told to do. And it, it <laughs> and I come and I think after I reconstructed it, it was a 45S roll, a 46S roll, um, a 43D roll. There was a hundred coins. It was, but they were somewhat, I mean. It was five rolls of. Special. They weren't your 43s, 44s, and 45s. They were, yeah. there's some mint marks on those that was bad boys. Probably oh, one was of the biggest sick. mistakes. Not as sick as you were with the uh, sticker removal. Oh, the CAC sticker <laughs> removal? Oh, my God. CAC Remo- stickers on holders? Do we want to tell a story? Yeah, so I, yeah let's do it real quick, real quick, real quick. No, no. So <laughs> I, 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 this is like back when we were first taking over, retaking over U.S. coins and jewelry. And we started. You know, we started bringing in some of our own guys that we liked and trusted. And um, I sat an individual at the table. I won't say his name because he does still work for us. <laughs> Normally when people work for us, they work for us for a long time. <laughs> um, I said, take all the stickers off of these coins. And they were white 
Yeah, cost stickers. Your on white the back. cost stickers on the back. On probably. the no, I mean just on the front. Oh, I mean okay. they were just your basic, you know, twenty two hundred, twenty one hundred. It was sure. a batch. It was uh twenty. There were twenty libs and two and three and, um, at the time they were trading around twenty one hundred bucks, twenty three hundred bucks for cacks or whatever. So long story short, I'm looking at the pile and I see all these green stickers all over the table. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like my, tell me that my eyes deceive me. Yeah, you were in a this, trance. This, this guy happened. ripped off CAC stickers off of the coins. And he looked at me and he goes, yeah, these green ones are really, <laughs> really tough. hard to get really off. really hard to get off of there. And I looked at him. I said, get out of here. Go to the front right now. He said, what? I said, just just go to the front, please. Oh, well, Lord. I can't talk to you right now. We'll have to talk about this later. There's like 25 of them or something. Or- oh, no. It was two boxes. There's a bunch. There yeah. was probably 50 CAC stickers ripped off. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's something. Oh, yeah. But People God, take directions sometimes really well, but too well. You know, and that's, that's exactly right. told. Well, you told me all stickers. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm just not going to even talk to you right now. It's going to be bad. It was probably good to take a breath and yeah. get away from it. I had, yeah. yeah. That's the only way it could have worked out. But um, Life and times in the coin shop. Yeah. Hey, listen, I mean, you know. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. no one else made that mistake. I was. And, sure. And know, we said we were over it. Yeah. Six years later, I'm not over it. <laughs> But we're not over it. <laughs> I'm still pissed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but anyway, guys, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Coin Shop Podcast. I want to thank Miles for coming again and being our awesome guest. Thanks for having me hey, in. Appreciate and, you. Um, Did a little drive-by. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. ATX, back to ATX. That's back right. Back to ATX. And, um, you know, we, uh, we're glad you guys uh, stayed with us. And thank you guys for all the support. Uh, USCoinsAndJewelry.com coinshoppodcast.com. Thank you guys for checking us out. We appreciate it. Take care. You've been listening to the Coin Shop Podcast with your host, Kenny and Matthew Duncan. For more information, please check out uscoinsandjewelry.com and please join us again soon for another edition of the Coin Shop podcast.